Welcome back to the show. This is your host, Brett Hawes, and you are listening to Holistic Health Masterclass Podcast. Uh, before we hop into today's show, um, really just wanted to uh, share a couple things with you. So before we hop into today's show, um, I don't really have a lot of announcements or anything to that effect. Um, I do have two things um, to share with you. Uh, the first one is that I am considering, and I think I'm going to do it, uh, doing a couple of shorter uh, monologue type uh, episodes. Okay, so these will be scattered in and amongst these full feature episodes that are, I know for some of you, uh, you know, these are quite long, an hour is a long time, some have been up to an hour and a half. Uh, obviously, you can listen to this while you're washing dishes, mowing the lawn, driving uh, on the subway. So, uh, you know, it's the beauty of podcasting. But I also understand that, um, you know, a lot of you have said to me that you just want to hear uh, some shorter things, some shorter clips on very specific topics. All right, so I think I'm going to do that, and um, hopefully, if I can keep my schedule nice and tight, uh, release these once a week, just 10 to 20 minutes on whatever topic. Uh, if you have any suggestions um, about topics that you would like to know more about, uh, please go on to my Facebook page. Um, I am going to create a post. I will link to that post right underneath, and uh, just let me know what you want to hear about. Okay, and if you have any guests that you would like on the show uh, again just go to that post so check out the show notes um, you can click on that link or you can just go straight over to my facebook page readily accessible um, holistic health masterclass dash bread horse so uh, that's one thing um, the other thing i want to mention and i'm really excited about it i don't want to spill the beans too much but i am bringing on two incredible uh, practitioners uh, one is a naturopathic doctor uh, the other one is a functional medicine doctor, both from the U.S., um, two amazing women who just have an incredible amount of experience in this field. And they're going to be coming uh, into the Holistic Health Masterclass uh, umbrella and family, and uh, we're going to be doing some things together. So I'm not going to say much more than that. Um, I will have an official announcement coming up, uh, hopefully by the end of the year, um, but definitely um, in the early part of New Year. Okay, so uh, let's talk about today's show. Today I have uh, Alden Haas. Um, he is a naturopathic doctor. Uh, last time he was on the show, we spoke about human growth hormone, which was a very interesting episode. Today we're talking all about thyroid health. Okay, and we're not really getting too far into um, all facets of thyroid health, but I think you'll find this episode interesting, especially if you don't know much about the subject. Uh, you know, the the idea that we're simply treating a symptom in this case low thyroid or high thyroid with medication and i think once you understand why that's problematic or what the shortcomings are and then open that up into really looking at the endocrine system or the hormone system as a whole and really peeling back the layers to uncover the root cause and the interplay between the adrenal glands our stress glands and our thyroid and then bring into the fold the way that medicine treats it versus the natural holistic approach. And Alden has developed a very, very unique um, product. His products are awesome, by the way. So um, I'll put his website in the show notes. Go and check him out. They're very, very different. Um, homeopathic, very natural, uh, low doses. And he's just got some very interesting things. And that's why I got him back on the show. But 
What we talk about today is uh, his product for thyroid health, uh, which is essentially called Thyroidine. And um, I think once you hear him explain what it's all about and how it works, uh, you'll be quite fascinated, especially if you are someone that is uh, suffering from thyroid issues yourself, or perhaps you know someone, or even if you're a clinician or a practitioner listening to this, um, definitely do a little bit of homework and go and check out uh, Thyroidine. And Alden does explain in this podcast how he addresses this by using um, a homeopathic HGH by supporting the adrenal glands, etc., etc. Uh, we touch very briefly on autoimmunity and Hashimoto's. And the last, I would say, 15, 20 minutes, we actually just uh, really get into the whole more philosophical side of how we view uh, healthcare, medicine, and um, yeah, perhaps a little bit of a pleasant uh, rant, if you will, at the end. Um, but uh, again, if you haven't heard of these concepts or philosophy and um, really just taking a very broad look at uh, the way that allopathic medicine looks at health and disease um, versus how we in the naturopathic functional medicine space, holistic space, uh, view things. So as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, please uh, share this, um, subscribe, leave a review. Um, I have now on the website, uh, if you go onto the website, you'll see right next to this podcast, uh, there's a little um, image that says how to leave a review so um, for those of you who have done that and taken me up on that uh, thank you very much for those of you who haven't just go straight onto the website and uh, you will be able to watch a couple of videos which will show you how to subscribe and leave a review on itunes and also the iphone app so i'm going to leave it at that uh, please welcome to the show dr Elden dahl Hey, Alden, welcome back to the show. Great to have you back. It's great to be back. Thank you, Brad. And, uh, you know, the last episode we did together, which was all on human growth hormone, was very well received. I know um, in your circles as well as mine, uh, because uh, I think that topic is a little bit mysterious for a lot of people. But today we're going to talk about something that I think most people are quite aware of, but perhaps still a little bit in the dark, and that is thyroid health and thyroid disease. So um, I guess let's just open it up and and sort of start from the beginning. And uh, you know, thyroid disease, like wh- where, how is that like diagnosed? What are people typically looking out for um, if they're suspecting that they have hypothyroidism? Well, the thing is that most most people that uh, they, they say twenty eight percent of the population in America, and I, I would say the same apply to Canada, are thyroid deficient in some manner, and five to eight times more prevalent with women. And so, what they do normally is they'll go into the doctor, and the doctor will will do what they call neck feeling. So he'll take his uh, two hands on the side of your your neck, and he'll feel for any lumps or any any slight irregularities. And if he detects something, then what they do is they usually uh, ask for a biopsy. And if it's malignant or it's benign, then the treatment is recommended. And so what they usually recommend is to have either radiation or partial or total removal of the thyroid gland and follow up with a lifetime on, on synthetic medication for treating the thyroid gland. Okay, so um, 
Right. Uh, let's unpack some of this a little bit. Okay. So for those of you who are listening, I know a lot of you are very well versed in this sort of stuff. So we're going to dive a little deeper in a second. For those of you who are not very well versed, it's probably just important to give you a 101 high level overview of what your thyroid gland actually does. So your thyroid gland sits right in your neck and uh, just sort of in the throat area, just above the breastbone. And it essentially uh, produces thyroid hormone, which attaches or docks to every single cell in your body and uh, enables your body to produce energy. Okay, so that's in very simplistic terms, that's what it does. So obviously, when your thyroid gland is out of whack, you're going to have problems with energy, you're going to have problems with metabolism. And that is a very broad brush because metabolism could include um, weight gain, it could include low energy, it could even include depressed or dull thinking, um, hair falling out, and you know the, the list of thyroid symptoms is just astronomical. And um, perhaps you know maybe we should talk about this a little bit, Eldon, because you know obviously what you've said is very simplistic. You know, you go in. And, you know, there's, there's a palpation, if you will, and we do this physical assessment, but people are actually showing a lot of these signs and symptoms leading up to that point, right? You know, it's, it's, it's a very slow progression uh, before you actually sort of clue in that something's wrong and go and see the doctor. So, you know, perhaps you can speak to that a little bit more. Well, okay. I, I, the first time I've heard about thyroid disorders is when I heard an endocrinologist speak. He was uh, in from New York, and I, and I heard him speak, and he was a specialist. And he said at that time that 70% of the population was thyroid deficient in one manner or the other. And so it was a significant, it was, a, it was an epidemic condition. And most didn't know that they had this condition because they, they just accepted the symptoms as part of the aging process. Mm. But with, uh, with the women, they would normally detect that their extremities would be cold, so cold hands, cold feet. They would feel fatigue. They would have menstrual issues, painful menstrual issues. And these are the ones that are hypothyroidism, so they're producing low levels of thyroxine. And then there's the ones that are hyperthyroidism, and they're producing too much, and they're, they are the opposite. So they don't have the cold. They, they, they are sometimes burning up. Uh, they hardly have periods. They're, even those in their 20s are in a state of menopause because their thyroid overruns everything. Then they have what you call adrenal fatigue. So they get tired, and they get irritated, and and because of the woman's cycle changes on a 28-day basis, they are affected so easily. And this is why they're five to eight times more susceptible than men to be thyroid deficient. So, I mean, the symptoms are through the chart mm -hmm. because thyroid interrelates with our endocrine glands. And this is, this is the, the real big issue, I think. The, the real big issue what we're dealing with is because we have an endocrine imbalance. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's um, probably a good point to, to mention, you know, the synergy, if you will, between all of the different glands. So, you know, as we said off air, and I, you, we all see this, you know, the whole time, um, all the time in clinic is, you know, people will go and see a specialist uh, for whatever 
and we treat everything in isolation, right? And I think I find a lot of um, natural practitioners do the same thing, where you know if you come in with adrenal fatigue and we measure your cortisol levels, then we're going to just work on your adrenal glands. If you come in with menstrual issues, we're just going to work on the ovaries with some herbs. And of course, if you come in with thyroid issues, we're just going to target the thyroid. But it's the interplay between all of the endocrine organs. And oftentimes, what, what we'll find is we'll actually find that if one is low, the other one might be hyperactive and, you know, and vice versa. Or if one gets burned out, it puts a huge strain on the other one. And so it too, over time, becomes very uh, burned out as well. So I want to circle back to that because I know, um, you know, we obviously are, get, are going to talk about um, uh, some of the products that you've created and the way that you tackle this. But um, I think an important point for people to note, because you said something earlier, you know, um, 70% of people are thyroid deficient. And there is something called subclinical hypothyroidism. Perhaps you can explain to people what that means. Well, it's, uh, it's underlying thyroid conditions that the, the average person doesn't know that they are thyroid deficient. And, and this is, uh, this is the, the big issue because they have so many interreacting uh, conditions that are, are being affected by this. And what we're, we're finding is that they, they will go in for a, a blood test. And they'll go in for a blood test for the thyroxin levels, and they'll show that, that, that they're low. And they can go two weeks later, and they'll show that they're actually high. Because hmm. the, the levels change so dramatically that thyroid is one of the hardest uh, hormones to detect because it fluctuates uh, so so rapidly, and you know this this is the the, the big 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 problem that we have is because of the medication that people are on, because what what the number one drug in America is Synthroid. It's a synthetic thyroid gland medication, and the the prevalence is so great that 123 million prescriptions were written for this wow. in 2016. And that would be equivalent to giving one Synthroid to one-third of the U.S. population. Hmm. So we're That's, talking, this is massive. Yeah. And so yeah. these people are on this product that will treat their condition with a synthetic isolate. And what it will do is it will bring a bump in their thyroid that will raise up their, their thyroid, their thyroxyl levels just briefly. And mm. when that bump goes, then they, they have to figure out what the dosage is because it throws off the entire endocrine glands. And it's, it's, in a, it's really a communication pathway that it disturbs within our endocrine glands. Mm. So, so we're, I mean, essentially, because I'll come back to that as well, but essentially what we're talking about with, you know, this whole subclinical picture is that people, you know, they're going in for blood work and, and from my understanding, they're told oftentimes that their blood work is normal, right? So, so you'll be hovering like bottom of the range, whether it's for T4, T3, TSH, whatever, whatever it is, I'm not going to get into that too much, but uh, oftentimes we're told that everything is fine and we sort of wait until it gets progressively worse, worse, worse until it's out of range. And then you get diagnosed with hypothyroidism. 
Right. And, no, that is true. That's very true. Yeah. Okay. And, and, you know, the, the unfortunate thing is that obviously people are showing all of the signs and symptoms long before that. And uh, as you and I both know, I mean, there's just so much we can do in terms of prevention and, of course, natural therapies. But let's come back to, to this idea of um, thyroid hormone as, as a sort of external uh, or as a drug, because, you know, as you said, you know, you put this in from the outside and it's my understanding as well that when you put these hormones in from the outside, because hormones work on feedback, essentially what happens is you're told that, well, you're telling your thyroid gland to stop making thyroid hormone, first of all. And second of all, you're creating a situation where you become wholly dependent on it um, indefinitely. And those are the two most common things I hear from people is they'll say, hey, I've been put on thyroid meds. Doctor said I'll be on it for life and the dosage will steadily increase. And I mean, that just seems like absolutely insane to me. And what, what do you think are some of the negative consequences of, of, of that, aside from the obvious, you know, aside from becoming dependent? Well, there, there's so many because uh, there's 15% of the population that can't absorb the T3 conversion to T4. And uh, so we're, we're seeing that issue to come into play. For, for one, the other thing, it's a synthetic. So the body will have to adjust this and convert it in the body to a, a, an absorbable thyroxin that the body can recognize and absorb. And so this is, this is a big issue. There's a transformation that has to take place from the drug to a usable, uh, absorbable form of thyroxin. So there, there's a, a, a big issue right off the onset. And then what they, they get going is when they, when they start to take their, their thyroid medication, it, they, they forget that, that they'll see symptoms of a, of a rise for energy level, but then later they'll drop because what it, your, your, your thyroid and adrenal gland work hand in hand. So unless you're supporting your adrenals at the same time, you'll become adrenal deficient. And so the adrenals, the thyroid to, to balance itself is, is saying to the, the, the adrenal gland, give me natural adrenaline. Give me natural adrenaline. And when the, the, the adrenal gland are already depleted, they can't do that because what they do is then they give, they give the synthetic form of adren adrenaline. And so this brings them into a state of, of panic within their body. And then the more the thyroid calls out for more balance with, from the adrenals, it gives them more stress. And the stress levels, as we find, affects our, our, our growth hormone level production of, our, of our, our sex hormones. So what we find is our level of progesterone actually drops as the stress levels hmm. rise. So what we're finding is that this is, a, this is a, a, a roller coaster the poor person is on when they're on these synthetic drugs because the body is trying to make sense of what you're doing to it. <laughs> what are you doing to me? <laughs> and it's crying out. Yeah, well, and you know, so that's interesting you say about the low progesterone because you know, so many women out there are 
are walking around. I mean, men too, but obviously it affects women more with estrogen dominance. And, you know, we focus so much on estrogen levels being high, you know, so high estrogen, high estrogen, high estrogen. But people often forget that if you're progesterone, if you're progesterone deficient, you're going to present with all the signs and symptoms of estrogen deficient, of estrogen dominance, right? Exactly. And so I find that oftentimes what we'll do is we'll then start getting onto, um, you know, estrogen detoxers and I3C and DIM and all of these like niche products to try and get the estrogen out. But I've actually had a couple of people in clinic where they've, they've done that intensely uh, and they've actually landed up with estrogen and progesterone deficiency. So their hormone system is just a complete wreck at, at the end of that. But something that comes to mind as well here, which is interesting is, you know, it just strikes me as so crazy that we're trying to tinker around from the outside with all of these different um, synthetic hormones, and I want to talk about bioidentical hormones in a minute too, but we're essentially trying to tinker around with all of these levels from the outside to try and get the body to regulate itself. Whereas surely if we just nourished and fed the body and the glands uh, properly, they would, they would become stronger and essentially self-regulate versus needing external stimuli uh, all the time. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about bioidentical hormones because it's a very, very controversial topic even in naturopathic circles, right? What, what, what's your take on that? Well, it used to be the go-to product probably when I started out in practice. Uh, glandular therapy was, was, was the, the it factor. And, I mean, big companies were, were selling glands, pure glands, and they were – they're bioidentical to the body. They would stimulate the the receptors and they would be absorbed and would be able to vibrate on the frequency to stimulate the, the patient's own gland to, to properly function. And they they kind of lost their way and they've got into all kinds of other things and now they can prescribe pharmaceutical drugs on top of that. So I don't know how, how that is, but I, I find that the, the bioidentical hormones are such powerful medicines if they're actually sourced the proper way. And this is, this is a, a key factor, is the sourcing of the bioidentical hormones. Because they're, you know, they're, there's, a, there's, there's a spread from, from very low and with chemical residue and you name it, to very high. And so this, this is the issue. So when you could take a gland that has all the active ingredients for our body, and our body is deficient, almost like having a, a, a great meal that's full of fortified food, and you, you take that in and your body starts to pull the different factors, um, the, the different nutrients from the food. And the same is with, with a gland that's properly produced, and it becomes to the body, it, it resonates because it's it becomes part of our own system because it is a gland, and we only use bovine, uh, and that's of course grass fed and the best. The best. That's <laughs> you don't play around with glands. I, I don't think that's that's my philosophy. And we found that it just works so well that I, we've never had any issues. And the body doesn't have to convert; it's mm. in its natural state. So, so, so just, just so I'm clear, and I think also probably worthwhile for our listeners, perhaps I should have done this first instead of now, but regardless, is, is there a difference between 
a bioidentical hormone and a glandular. So for example, if I went in and I saw a naturopath and they prescribed me um, bioidentical progesterone, you know, are we getting a whole gland or are we getting just the isolated hormone, but in a, in a natural form, just so that I'm clear. And I, I guess for our listeners as well, who are maybe not as well versed. Well, they're, they're, they're getting an isolate. Uh, it's not, it's not a full, full gland for progesterone. They usually extract it from, uh, soy, uh, non-GMO soy, or they'll, they'll take it from, uh, an animal source. And then they will be able to, to detect it and to extract and compound to bring out the progesterone. And the progesterone, of course, at that stage, because it's been uh, you know, compounded and uh, it's, it's from a pure stage and when they break it down, it's bioidentical to the body. And that is, uh, I, I fully agree with that therapy for progesterone. But glandular therapy works also in a bioidentical manner. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, if, if it's produced in the right way, this is, this is all has to do with if it's produced in the right way. Because mm-hmm. I know some companies, I mean, you know, the common ones that I see out there, obviously being in this field, uh, I see adrenal glandulars. Um, we'll come back to thyroid in a second because obviously this is the focal point. But I see adrenal glandulars, I see pancreatic glandulars a lot, um, you know, and you can kind of get like ovarian glandulars and stuff like that, but they're not as as common. I find the most ones I see are in adrenal products, um, pancreatic products, and so on. But but thyroid, I mean, you know, there's obviously this whole idea of desiccated thyroid. So perhaps you can explain to us what is what exactly is desiccated thyroid because you get people that are on Synthroid or they're on something like Armor or desiccated thyroid and so on. Perhaps you can explain some of the differences uh, between those. Well, there's a desiccation is simply the, the form of how the, the, the gland or the product is dried and how it's preserved. Uh, we have uh, desiccated minerals, we have desiccated glands. So it's, uh, it's just the process of how they are produced. The, the the glands themselves there are there are a few on the market today. We have the synthetic drugs, the level synthroid of uh, um, so this is the synthroid drug of a and this is synthetic. Then we have the armor, which is produced by porcine, and it it does not require conversion as the the synthroid does in the body. It's in its natural absorbable state. So that is, in my opinion, superior. Mm-hmm. Um, the, then, then you have the glandulars that are out in the market today. And uh, you know, through our discovery and licensing, we, we've seen that there's, uh, I, I'm very apprehensive what's out in the marketplace, and so is Health Canada. So this is, uh, this is what we, we've discovered. And uh, in our in our licensing for our thyroid gland, we were four years in the last stage to get it licensed, and we've had some very deep discussions with Health Canada on the issues of why they were so opposed to producing this product that it was be hormone free. So, so perhaps tell us a little bit more about that, because um, you know I know that some 
I've, I've used glandulars a lot over the years. Um, I only work with a handful of companies. What do you feel are the sort of biggest things to look out for or the potential dangers um, when with sourcing of glandulars? And, and why is it that Health Canada is concerned? Um, what are their big concerns? Well, for, for, for thyroid, for one, thyroid, all thyroid medications except thyroidine are by prescription drug. They're on the prescription drug list. And this is globally. It's not just in Canada. And uh, any thyroid that has true thyroid gland is, is, a, is a drug. And so what we, what we find is that the, 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 the gland itself, and because when, when we were ready to license it with Health Canada, and we said, well, we'd like to bring it to license and, and uh, have it as a non-hormonal product, and take it from the prescription drug status as a natural health product status, they said it'd be impossible. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, why would it be impossible? And he says, because we've tested all the glands out there that claim to be non-hormonal, and we find they all have chemical residue, and we find that there's damage to the tissue of the gland. So this is damage, damage in the animal itself, right? Damage after they extract the gland and oh, okay. they pull out the hormones from the gland. Okay. So toxicity is the sort of big one. Because, I mean, obviously, I know, you know, when you're working with glandulars and obviously with thyroid medication particularly, it's very, very, the, the dosaging is very, very tight. You know what I mean? You can quite easily take a little bit too much and throw your thyroid into hyperdrive. Um, you know, so, uh, okay, so... You guys have a product that is sort of like somewhere in the middle, right? So you're taking, um, I'll let you explain it. You know, what, 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 what did you guys do that's a little bit different from anyone else? Well, because they, they wouldn't recognize any other person's, or any other company's gland, so we couldn't buy their, their hormone-free thyroid, for instance, and package it and put it under our brand. What we, they said to us is what you have to do is you have to take a full active gland from bovine. This was our choice. So it's kosher and halal. And it's, uh, we, we just believe that it's, I, I prefer the bovine. And because it's less fatty, <laughs> for one thing. And mm -hmm. so we, we had to take this full gland and we had to create a protocol to remove the hormone safely to Health Canada's standard, and each step had to be clinically uh, or studied by lab tests, and we had to create protocol for the, the lab tests because the detection level was so low that they required, they, they required a 0.05% level of thyroxine in it. So it was, this was a, like an impossible task. Hmm. So, so we, uh, our, 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 our gland supplier, when I, when I phoned him on the project, and we get all our glands from New Zealand from the same supplier for 25 years, so we have an extremely good relationship, so we know every step of the process, and I know all the managers and directors. And so I, I, I said to him, I'd like to produce a thyroid gland without hormones and uh, the first thing he said to me is why would you ever want to do that <laughs> he says the money is in the hormones <laughs> and i said well the healing is in the gland 
Hmm. So explain that a little bit, because I had the same question, you know, just playing devil's advocate, like if, you know, because now we're getting into homeopathy and if there's no, you know, if there's no hormone in there, then what, what is it really doing for you? Um, so perhaps you can explain that a little bit. Well, the, the uniqueness of, of our product is uh, in the preservation of the gland. What we found is by doing testing on the gland that it has the full amino acid profile. It has iron. It has natural iodine. And so it, it resonates as, as so much more than a, than a gland that has no function in it because you pull the T3 and T4 out of it. Hmm. This is, these are only two elements, but the gland itself is, is loaded with nutrients. And this is where what we find is when the patient takes this, this, uh, the, the product in, it creates a biological change within the tissue, and it resonates there, and it creates a, a synergy with the body, and it helps to balance the thyroid gland in a natural state. Hmm. So what I'm understanding then is, in a nutshell, we're saying that we're actually feeding your own thyroid gland with the exact nutrient profile or, or um, yeah, nutrient profile that it needs. I mean, is that a fair thing to say? Well, yeah, it's, uh, it works because it helps to work and it resonates and it's accepted in, in our system as something that is safe and effective. And it, it's, it's not a threat because our body is designed to reject things that are, are not normally produced. So they, they, the body rejects synthetics or forces them to be converted into the body into a usable state. So this, this is where we find that there's a real issue is because uh, the body is not designed for these type of of drugs or medication. Mm. Um, okay, uh, and I—I I mean, I totally get—I—I I totally get that. That makes a lot of sense. Now, are you doing anything uh, to address the whole endocrine system, as we were discussing earlier in our conversation? Well, the the thing is that uh, when when you treat even with the thyroid, because this this is not the whole issue of the thyroid. Uh, as, as I said, when, when the thyroid is deficient, then it also affected your adrenal glands. And because the adrenal glands are, are, are low functioning, then the adrenals have to be supported. And then because all our sex hormones are produced from our, our interior pituitary through the release of growth hormone, then the pituitary is affected. So, this is where we find that for proper treatment of thyroid condition, that there must be uh, the method of treatment has to be holistically. We have to recognize the condition, and this is this is the big thing about assessment. So when when you when a patient comes in, you assess them and determine what their condition is. And when you see that there is a thyroid deficiency, you know very well that the adrenals are affected and your hormone, your growth hormone levels are affected. So what I recommend to do, especially for the first three months, because 
you need 90 days for any treatment to really take effect within the body. And I would recommend to take the thyroidine medication for balancing the thyroid, then to take the adrenal medication for balancing and lifting up the adrenal glands so it's not, it's not dragging down on the thyroid. Because this is what happens when, when the synthetic drugs are doing there. Your adrenals have not been supported. And then to take the, the product we talked about in our last broadcast was uh, HGH, because HGH is, has everything covered. It has your pituitary, it has your adrenal, it has your thyroid, and it has your, which is very important, is your insulin, which supports your pancreas and your blood glucose levels. And when you take these in balance, and the, and the beauty is with HGH, because it's homeopathic, you can have active hormones in it in a homeopathic state, in which we do. This brings a state of balance. And after being on this for, the, the, the patient would have to adjust their levels. Sometimes you would give one or two adrenals. Uh, it's, it's, it's sufficient. Sometimes they, they find one is too much. Sometimes they find two. Uh, so they have to, to weigh that out on how their body responds, because this is the, the biggest indication is how, you're, how you feel the differences in your body, because there are going to be differences. And, and once they do that after the 90 days, then I would just recommend one of the thyroidine per day. That's it after that, because your, your body is brought to a state of balance, and then your, 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 your thyroid functions. But it's not that we can just eliminate treatment because we are being bombarded by environmental toxins on a daily basis, which deplete our immune system. And even like we've seen on the news last night, that lead is in our drinking water. So it's... Yeah, that's uh, front and center right now. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty hot topic. And so, so lead, I mean, there's a bunch of the heavy metals will obviously displace iodine, right? Um, from our oh, yeah. thyroid gland. Yeah. So, um, so are you saying that with the thyroidine, this is something that can be taken long term for people? Oh, yeah. It's, so that's how I, how, how I designed the product to be because I recognize the need that I would say estimated today that there's 80% globally are thyroid deficient. And really, it's, it's a crisis, and it's, it's, it's such a crisis. I see so many, so many people that are thyroid deficient. And, and because we have this new product, because it's non-hormal, they just feel it doesn't work. And this is the whole education that has to be done. We, we can't be broadcasting this on, on CTV news and say, no, this is a discovery from life choice. <laughs> you, know, you don't get that for natural medicine. No, no, they're not advertising carrots and avocados uh, around the eight o'clock news, right? Oh, I never um. hear that. <laughs> if this was done, what we did in a drug form, it would be all over the news. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, so, okay. So let me ask you another question then. Do you feel that this is something, cause I mean, I kind of sit on the fence uh, and, and not in a bad way. I just sort of, you know, play devil's advocate here. Um, 
this this to me looks like it could be a food in a sense you know i mean if we go back in time and we think about um you know indigenous people hunters and so forth you know they would eat all of the organ meats i mean even in many traditional cultures around the world organ meats were very prized because of their nutrient density and their sort of um life restoring properties if you will so do you feel that um let's say someone who didn't have a thyroid problem could they be taking this long-term just as support or do you feel that that might be too much for them? No, I, I would definitely say for, for an assurance sake hmm. to take it on a daily basis. This is one a day and take it as, as a supplement to your, your diet and to your food, recognizing the fact that as we age, uh, most will develop a thyroid condition and thyroid cancer is up you know, tremendously and the, the thing is that it's, it's, it's really most of the thyroid cancers that's out there are non-life-threatening. This is the issue. They're non-life-threatening. And yet the, the treatment is barbaric, what they're doing. It's just barbaric. So, so talk, talk to me a little bit about that because I think uh, you, have, you have an interesting story with someone you met recently, right? I did. I was at, uh, at the CHFA East and I was talking to a lady, and she was at my lecture, and she she was saying that uh, she was very interested to know how this product would work for her. But she she went uh, to her doctor, and the doctor tested her and said that you have uh, thyroid issues here, and you have a, a lump on your thyroid, and we're recommending that you take radiation. Hmm. Because she was, you know, un, un, you know, unskilled in in this, and she felt, you know, this was uh, something that could affect my life and life threatening. So she went and under underwent the the radiation medication. So when when she went in to get the treatment, they she walked in, and the people were that treated her were in like in a hazmat suit. Wow. They, they came in like they were, uh, you know, walking on the moon, and so they they treated her with with this radiation on her her thyroid, and for for I think about fifteen to twenty minutes they were just pumping in radiation on this poor lady, and after she had finished the the treatment, she was placed in isolation for three days. And so they have a, a spot there, which they quarantine off. And she was sitting in there on her own. And when there came time for, for food, they would come to her door with a tray, knock on her door and walk away because she was so radiated that she could radiate others. <laughs> wow. And even when she said after a, uh, a few weeks later, she went on a trip on the airline, she was picked up on like a Geiger counter that she was just buzzing. And she told them she just had radiation treatment. So this is the barbaric manner of what they're treating us today on, <laughs> on for treating our thyroid. Now, I remember a, a Star Trek show once and Bones was there and he's seen them treating them in a hospital and he says well this generation was barbaric 
<laughs> and, I, and I remember that scene so well because I just think what we're doing today is totally barbaric. It goes against all our reasoning. Why would we do that to a gland and put radiation to destroy all the active gland in our body and affect all our endocrine to treat this? And she's on, she's going to, she's affected for her whole entire life. Just I feel much worse than I've ever did even before I had treatment. So if the treatment makes you feel worse than you began with, how can that be a treatment? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just feel like there's, you know, the, the, the way that we look at all of this is just, it's a little bit backward. And, and I understand why, you know, I mean, if, if you create drugs and surgery and whatever else it is that you're doing to treat the symptom, you know, you're not really fixing the root cause of anything. You're just treating the symptom. And if the symptoms get worse, then you just keep hitting it over the head more and more and more. And you go from, you know, over-the-counter medications to prescription medications to stronger prescription meds to surgery. And that's the progression. You know, that, that is the, um, the disease continuum, if you will. And unfortunately, you know, what I see anyway is doctors and um, pharmaceuticals, they don't have anything that can really restore function. You know, and I get it. There's a time and a place for everything. There's a time and a place for surgery, for meds, for all of that good stuff. But the type of thing that we're talking about here, you know, people are not restoring function. They're simply trying to manage symptoms. And as we know, I mean, we're preaching to the choir here, but that just never, ever goes anywhere except getting progressively worse and or getting or needing progressively stronger medications. And I think no... No other area of health is more is more um, affected by this kind of thinking than hormone health. You, you know, what, you know what I mean. Because, um, like with your with your gut, you can fix your diet, you can change your diet. But hormones, yes, you can change your diet too. But with once you start bringing in the medications, things get real crazy real quick, uh, as far as I've seen anyway. Uh, I agree. I, I just believe that it's a lack of proper training that the medical doctors get on treating the body as a whole. And when you treat the body holistically, if they could recognize that fact that everything that they do in an isolated state is going to affect something else, they would be very careful in their treatment method. The the training they get is very limited and mostly by pharmaceutical companies promoting their products and educating them on what their drug can do for treating a disease or a health condition. And so the, the, the philosophy that they are bringing to the doctor is you're going to take this isolated uh, illness and you're going to treat it using this medication and you're going to see improvements, this, this, and this, but you're going to see certain side effects because this, this, and this. And they don't put this together and say, well, because of that, I should be also supporting this product with either their diet or certain lifestyle changes or maybe through some naturopathic medicine. But they don't have that training to put that next step into play. And I think that is the critical, um, the, the critical thing that we have in our medical system today is because they don't know how to put it all together in a proper treatment to treat the patient as a whole holistically. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's the age of specialization, right? And we, we see it everywhere. I mean, even, you know, one of the areas that I specialize in, quote unquote, is autoimmune disease. 
you know, I see so much of, of autoimmune disease and, you know, there's so many different moving parts, but even in the world of autoimmunity, the immunologist has no idea what the rheumatologist is saying. The rheumatologist has no idea what the gastroenterologist is saying. And so you've got all of these specialists who are working a case, but none of them know, uh, A, they're not communicating with one another, and B, none of them really know what the other person is doing. And so you just get this complete shotgun approach, and the list goes on and on. I mean, any kind of health condition out there, it's the same approach. And, you know, as, we, as we've said, um, you know, if, if, uh, if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, Right. Um, because you got nothing else, you know, that, that's your toolkit right there. And, you know, the shame is, is that, uh, I'm sure you see this a lot, but you know, a lot of people that come and see me and I work with them, um, they've gone through that system. You, you know, they've gone through that medical system. They've tried the meds, they've tried the shotgun approach. And, um, it's, as you said, you know, you have to look at everything as a whole, but also looking at lifestyle, looking at diets, you know, when, when using supplementation, especially in this instance, really evaluating which endocrine organs are weak or hyperactive or whatever the case, and then coming up with a plan that is essentially going to support all of those at the same time. And that's really the only way you're going to um, actually move through all of this. Uh, the other thing that I'll say, you know, one of my philosophies has always been is to always um, work my way out of a job if that makes sense. You know, I, I want to get people well, like I don't want, want you to have to keep coming back and seeing your practitioner every week or every month for the next 10 years. You know, we should be working to restore function and getting you well. And, uh, you know, then at that point, keep my number, you know, like if in five or 10 years, if something's happening or going on, give me a call. But I find that the, the way that we're approaching all of this stuff from a medical standpoint is just not, it's the complete opposite. You, you know, it's, it's create a situation of dependency. Um, which is obviously very good for revenue. Yep, and they, they, they don't have enough doctors to treat the amount of people that need to see them because of the conditions and because of the treatment modality that they have in place now. This, this is going to only get worse and worse and worse because they're, they're not treating the body holistically. And I, I think, as you pointed out, that autoimmune disorders are skyrocketing today. It's uh, yeah. It, it's significant on the amount of people that, um, of course, autoimmune became quite prevalent when we had the AIDS outbreak. When we seen every, all, all the AIDS patients that were were having, you know, their T cells out of balance because as soon as they would get AIDS, then their T T cell levels would drop, and this was autoimmune disorder, and. Uh, it brought autoimmunity to the surface. And then, we, of course, then we see that MS is autoimmune, cancer is autoimmune, and all these diseases that are affecting society today. How did that come into play where our immune system has dropped to such a low level that so many people have autoimmune disorders like Hashimoto's disease is, is, uh, is the form of autoimmune of the thyroid? Mm-hmm. So do you feel, I mean, because I've done a lot of podcasts on autoimmunity, so I don't want to get too far down that road, but, um, you know, fr from your experience with, you know, just coming back to your product, to the thyroidine, do you feel that that's a good um, tool to include with the Hashimoto's type protocol? I do when you combine it with thymus clan. The thing is with our, with our thymus, which is so very unique, and we, we uh, that, that's what really saved my AIDS patients, really, that, that, that product alone. Because what happens is that 
with the T cell drops, and as we age, our our immunity from our T cells start to drop. And when we when our when we're in our prime, our thymus gland is fully functioning and giving us our T cells and our active and our, our inactive. So we have our killer T cells. And but what happens is with autoimmune disorders is they almost get like dementia. And they start to attack our own cells. And so what, what this is happening is because our T cells are, are imbalanced in such a low supply. And I talked to an endocrinologist about when I did a lecture on thymus gland. And he says, I heard your lecture, but I don't believe that you could uh, actually replace T cells in your body. I said, well, when you do a bone marrow transfer, what are you doing? I said, you're, what you're essentially doing is you're taking it because your thymus is now the size of a raisin, and it's all coming from your long bones, and this is how you're preserving and bringing back the T cells. And I said, if you could take uh, a, a thymus gland that has all the active, it's like stem cells for immunity, I call it, and you put that into a person who has a low-functioning uh, T cell count it raises it up. We I have blood work uh, on several, and I've I've tested them over a series of two years, and all their blood tests. And this is from Evans syndrome lymphoma, and it's remarkable. It's quite remarkable of what can be happening. And these don't have the sex hormones in them. It's how it was actually preserved the gland. And this is a a thing that I find is is phenomenal for, for Hashimoto's is to treat it as an autoimmune by building up the T-cell levels, but also then the thyroidine. And again, I say for, for a 90-day period, and then to support it with the HGH because now you're talking about complete endocrine balance it brings into play. And then later on, once the, the Hashimoto and autoimmune starts to regulate and becomes normal, then again, you can just supplement maybe with a, a thyroidine or, or the thymus, like thymus, now the flu shots and all this stuff. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't bother with such nonsense. I just take uh, extra thymus gland and my immune system is strong. And I, I regularly go to my, my doctor, my medical doctor, and get my blood test just to show how, how my hormone levels are just over the top and he just says well you're, you're just in great shape <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's the thing is when you can monitor it and you can see it and you, and you you know what to look for then you'll you'll see that these natural products really work and the, the natural products was the drugs of the olden days yeah that's what we, we used yeah and we we've just lost our way mm-hmm. well um yeah, so it's funny you say that because I mean, obviously, you know, medications and pharmaceuticals are very new in human evolution. And I recently read an article by I, I don't know, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I'm pretty sure it was the royal family physician who who um, essentially was just you know all about homeopathy. So he was just pushing homeopathy 
um, he he denounced some medications. I'm not going to get into that and and say exactly what he said. But it was interesting because I looked at some of the commentary, you know. And if you look at the royal family, for example, I mean, they're eating all organic. They're doing mostly natural medicine, homeopathy. They take medications like drugs when they actually need it. But other than that, I mean, it's it's mostly natural. And I believe that um, uh, they've always been like that. You know, so if you roll back the clock, I mean, look at things like homeopathy, for example. I mean, a good few hundred years now, uh, probably, I, th I think we're close to 300 years of yeah, homeopathy yeah, being, yeah. you know, and of course, before that, uh, supplements, quote unquote, were really looking at things like boiling pine needles in the winter, if you were here in North America, to get extra vitamin C and uh, to get some, you know, uh, like compounds, um, anti-inflammatory compounds and stuff like that. So yeah, so um, you know, it makes total sense. I mean, that said, we obviously live in a very different world um, from you know 500 years ago. So things have changed. Um, you know, we're under a lot more stress in many regards: uh, toxicity, environmental pollution, et cetera, et cetera. So um, yeah, so it's interesting to see how things how, how things have changed. Well, I think our whole meta, I think our whole medical system would be completely different. If we had equal access for naturopathic 100%. medicine as pharmaceutical 100%. drugs, yeah, I, yeah, I think we'd see a great spike. And I, I would challenge all these politicians to give it a chance for one year. Just look at the statistics. Just see the change. You'll you'll see a massive change because the people will not be taking products that are going to cause extra side effects. Of course, the, the, the money won't be there. I mean, you're not going to be making Well, that's, that, that's really it. You know, I mean, it's uh, it, I, 100%. I mean, I've been saying that for a long time now is, you know, we have a healthcare system and, and it's very relative to what we've been talking about today. You know, people who are a third of the population on thyroid medications, number one selling drug, on it for life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all of the side effects. But, you know, if, if we map that out onto the general healthcare system, which is what's happening, we're spending a lot of money in North America. You know, Canada, I think, is double the global average. Uh, America is triple the global average on healthcare. And we're not seeing a very good return. The, the, the ROI and the outcomes are not getting any better. Some things have maybe stabilized, but disease rates are not going down, especially chronic degenerative disease. And, you know, oh, we hear all the time here in Canada, especially, oh, we've got a healthcare system that's crumbling. We need more money. We need more hospitals. We need more doctors. And I always say, no, you need less sick people is what we need. <laughs> and, and to get less sick people, we don't need more drugs. We need more prevention. We need more natural therapies. We need better food. We need better education around all of that. And it just seems to be falling on deaf ears because there's this perpetual witch, witch hunt, if you will, uh, against natural medicine. I mean, we, we, we see this all the time in Canada and in the US, um, you know, whether it's homeopathy or whatever the subject is. And yeah, it's just got to make you wonder, you know, if we did have a genuine two-tier or, or not, not two-tier, sorry, not a two-tier system. If we had a genuine healthcare system where you could have, cho uh, you could choose whatever you wanted, I would be very, very interested to see what people would choose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm not talking about you get hit by a bus or you're having a baby or something. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, if you have an infection or a broken leg or something, go to the ER 100%. Of but we're talking about, you know, what are the top like leading causes of death? You know, heart disease, uh, breast cancer, diabetes, obesity. These are all things that are at the top. And those are, are, are lifestyle. I mean, there's a lot of lifestyle, uh, nutrient deficiencies, et cetera, et cetera. 
So, you know, giving people access to something that could restore function and prevent these things from happening and reverse them, surely, I mean, you know, it, it's a no-brainer. And I'd be very interested to see in a hypothetical situation what people would choose. Oh, I, I would too. I mean, I, I just think that the, the system has, uh, you know, has really lost its way. There's no oversight. And uh, I've, I've done a, a study and I've done a study over the last 40 years, and I've, I've noticed what's happened. We did something, we created something as a, as a people 40 years ago. It's about 40, 45 years ago. And we've created something in our, in, in, on our planet. I guess it's a combination of many things, environmental toxins, uh, genetically modified foods. Um, uh, the vaccinations have increased you know, we only had one or two when I was a kid, but now there's multiple vaccines for every possible thing because they're vaccinating for things that aren't even there for prevention for some future. And I, and I found that the 40-year cycle, the diseases that have been affected are, are quite critical. We've seen that childhood cancer is up 25%, adult cancer is up 50%. This is one in two are diagnosed, one in four will die. This is today. Diabetes up 40%, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease up 40%, the leading cause of heart disease. And sperm count for, for men have dropped 50%. Mental illness has doubled affecting 20% of the population. Chronic pain, this is three months or more, 33% of the population is in chronic pain. Hmm. Autism, now here's the kicker. In, 2000, in 1960, it was one out of 2,500. Today, it's one out of 37 boys. And talk, uh, according to Dr. Stephanie Seneff, which is an authority on the subject, if trends continue by 2030, and we're talking just a little over 10 years from now, mm-hmm. every second child will be autistic. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, I've had her on the show. She was actually my first guest, believe it or not, ah, going back. Yeah. So, and I've done panel discussions with her. I mean, she's just on a whole different page when it comes oh, she's to... She's brilliant. She's brilliant. And, you know, this, this, just her, her ability to process large amounts of data and map it out onto future trends is, is just uh, quite incredible, you know. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, so, you know, I mean, again, we're preaching to the choir, and I think that, um, I think what people need to always realize is that there's a lot of factors that tie into all of this. You know, there, there's no one single cause for anything, I believe. Um, no. but, but when you look at what we've done to our environment, to our food supply, um, you know, and all of these other things, uh, you know, socioeconomic factors, um, cost of living versus wages, you know, all of these things. Um, I, I think, yeah, you know, we, we need to start looking at things a little bit differently. I think we need to start approaching things differently. And again, restoring function to the human body uh, on a mind, body and soul level. Um, I, I feel that's where we should be emphasizing things. You know, we should be putting our focus on that. Um, As individuals, uh, you know, our healthcare lies within our own two hands. Uh, this is this is the thing we can't rely on the system to help us because the system is broken. And yeah. until the system recognizes that there's there's a problem, and the problem is not just trying to open up, like you said, new hospitals. I I actually do not celebrate when a hospital opens. I, I find well, we can see that the the. the uh, the society has been dropping so much that we're going to need hospitals. Uh, 
in, in, in every corner and <laughs> clinics mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we are becoming diseased. And when they recognize that what we need to do is to take all the isolated things that are going, let's just look at what are the number one drugs selling today. You know, the next after thyroid is is uh, is to take your your uh, your for your cholesterol levels. So your your statin drugs. Yep. That's your next one. So yep. if you just looked at, then you look at sixty percent of the population is obese. Well, our food supply. Yeah. What are we doing to our food? What, what what are we doing? How can you justify that? Where is the oversight to check on the chemicals they're putting in and how they're feeding these people? Um, you know, this empty calories. They go to a big buffet and they eat, meat, meat, and yet they are in a in a in a starvation mode. Their body has no nutrients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, again, so many, so many different things that tie into that. Uh, you know, I'll just throw one thing out there, and and uh, and then I'll leave it alone. Is uh, the whole, you know, this five G electromagnetic frequencies? You know, um, <laughs> like that's a whole, that's a whole. If for those of you listening, if you haven't listened to my podcast with Dr. Jack Cruz, go back and listen to it. It's a really good one that gets into all of this, but you know, some of his suggestions and things that we spoke about is, um, and I've been researching this a lot more, is the impact that electromagnetic frequencies are having on all facets of our health, but particularly our endocrine organs. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, like if you look at how diabetes rates in India have skyrocketed, they, they have a different type of diabetes to what we have, you know, and that has a lot. But the question is, what happened? Like their food supply didn't really change. You know, they've been largely vegetarian for 5,000 years, mm-hmm. but somehow diabetes just went up, you know, and I think that's just another angle that I think we need to really start looking at as well. Um, and, and sort of, and I'm trying to figure that out myself because I think, actually, I think most people are trying to figure it out because it's such a new issue that um, most people haven't quite figured out what we can do about it yet. Well, it's the bioaccumulation of toxins that we're dealing with. And every time they add one, one thing on, it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back. And this, this is what we're not, we're not considering when you're introducing something like 5G. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're bringing in a form of a radiation to, to people that haven't had that. And they, they have to have them everywhere. And, you know, uh, and then you put that on top of all the other toxins that we, we're bringing into our body on a daily basis. They just build and build and build and build. And then our diet, <laughs> it's, it's a wonder that we're even able to walk and talk and, and do anything of what's, how we're going to be coming under attack. Yeah. Well, that's why we have shows like this uh, to bring people like yourself on here and to try and help people um, figure some of the stuff out for themselves. Um, so I think uh, that's probably a good uh, a good time to wrap things up, Eldon, because um, you know just we've been going on about an hour now. And uh, what I'll do, um, as always, is I'm going to throw up the links to your website to some of the products that we've been talking about today. Um, is there anywhere else that you would like people to catch up with you or connect with you? Um, aside from your website? Well, we do. Uh, I've created a series of, of educational videos on each one of the products that I've made. And we have that under Doctor's Corner, Life Choice. And uh, I'm, I'm going through them now on producing these, on how to really talk about what the products do, what the condition is, and what to expect. And I do it just like uh, I'm talking to you today, Brett, that just Mm. 
layman's terms, saying things like they are. Um, and so that, that'd be a, a good start. And I, I will send you a couple charts that will make sense of what we talked about today. And you can post those too, which will give perspective on really the thyroid health and the state and really how thyroid cancer has flatlined over the last 40 years. It's not the big issue that they say, but the treatment has skyrocketed. So mm. the, these are these are the issues that we have to look at the underlying cause of what's happening and and the treatment so i would say uh, our website is is good and these these training videos would be uh, something to hear directly awesome well thank you so much for uh taking some time out and connecting with me today eldon always a good discussion and for those of you listening i hope you enjoyed today's show as always, um, please consider subscribing, leaving us a review, and um, yeah, sharing this with your friends, family, and community. So uh, I'll leave it at that. Thanks again, Alden. And for those of you listening and tuning in, you have yourself a beautiful day wherever you are. Mm-hmm.